ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present the Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of the Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Coming to you live from the ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 Christmas party at Nick's Place. In the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, here are the Killer Bees, Joe Blank and Joe George. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. Ooh, what up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? Uh, he's Blake. I'm Joe. I think Joel Blank just blew out the speakers at Nick. You're Blake's. welcome. We are here live at the... Merry Christmas! <laughs> Jesus, Joel. Oh, Merry New start. Year, Joe. Merry New Year. Throw yeah. me down. Andrew's helping. Andrew's helping get us started. All right, we are live at Nick's place for the Christmas party. We'll be here until 6 o'clock. We'll have DJ Enemy from ESPN.com joining us at 4.30. We'll play Who Said It? BMAC back at the studio versus Joel and myself, which means I will probably cost Joel a victory, uh, as we usually do. Uh, obviously, like we're going to have fun today. We're going to talk about the Texans, Case Keenum. We're going to talk about Christmas, all that fun stuff. We'll continue our Bad Take Boulevard bracket of 2023. Jeremy and myself make mm. our debuts. Interesting, Andrew, that Jeremy and Joe's bracket are together on the same day, like every other show. It's true. It's yeah. true. Mm. Uh, Jeremy, uh, the favorite to win the tournament, even Not though it's the true. three seed. I'm uh, the will favorite. Be there. Uh, I am too hot, Brian says, Andrew. Um, thank you. I appreciate Maybe it. Maybe it's the bikini you're wearing <laughs> um, under your sweatshirt. But we're going to start with like the same old thing we normally do on Christmas, the fun stuff. What is your Houston sports Christmas wish list this year? Rockets, Texans, Astros, whatever you want. Where do you want to start, Joel? Well, I'll start where I've been pretty adamant in the last week or so uh, from an Astros perspective. My Christmas wish is that they do something. Do something to help this team because it's not going to take like this huge undertaking to make this team capable of winning another World Series. We know what the Dodgers are doing, and we'll talk about that later, and they're loading up. We know that the Rangers won the World Series. But we also know that the Astros are very, very, very small tweaks away from being that team yet again. But if they aren't willing to do just a little bit, not even the extra mile, maybe the the extra quarter mile, to at least try and retain one of their own bullpen guys, maybe add another one. Find a bat that helps them in the outfield DH situation. Do just the little things. It's extremely concerning. So my Christmas wish would be, hey, Jim Crane and the Astros, don't be afraid to spend a little because it could get a whole lot better for you if you do. Yeah, honestly, mine's kind of the same thing. My, my number one Christmas wish list for Houston sports this year I want a contract for Kyle Tucker. I know, like, people are talking about Bregman and Altuve. And, and, like, the, the main core guys, even Fromber Valdez, potentially. But it, it, for me, it's Kyle Tucker. I think he is the one guy, like, long-term, I so badly want to be here with the Houston Astros for the next eight years, whatever it is, ten years, I don't care. It's Jim Crane's money. He won't spend it, but I want him to. Uh, so that, that's my number one. Now, this is the way we should do this, too. We should each have our realistic, and then we could have one unrealistically, because the one that came to my mind when you said that was, and then my unrealistic one is, is that Lance McCullers could get new tendons <laughs> and everything in his arm so that he could actually pitch. Because that would be fantastic, because you would have less problems than ever before if that was possible. Uh, that would be very wonderful if that was possible. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of pushing it for what Santa can bring. Yeah, because we Jordan like rules. New tendons we, with, isn't something Santa brings. No, with the Jordan rules, we're already protecting the big fella. But you cannot protect someone that can't be protected from themselves because their arm can't stay healthy. Uh, my next one, 
I need I need CJ out of this concussion protocol. And I know we're going to talk about it in the next segment as well. But the fact that like we all watched the highlight going around from the Steelers game and the Colts game this weekend where like Michael Pittman looked like he died on the field and he is going to play this weekend. It was one of the most like gnarly hits we've seen in the NFL this year and Michael Pittman is going to be back and in action for the Indianapolis Colts. Jimmy Ward is at practice for the Texans and like so whatever's going on like upstairs for CJ is not great. So maybe like we're going like full Wizard of Oz here. Am I just wishing for a new brain for CJ for Christmas? I think I might be. Because here's the thing, Joe, and I get it, but every one of these situations is different from the standpoint of yeah, you look true. at where and how each individual's head and where on the head that they were hit. And, and it, the thing that always rattles my cage literally about these kind of things is when I looked at when Dale Earnhardt Jr., I mean Dale Earnhardt Sr., yeah. that accident didn't look like it was anything but a fender bender, and, and the man lost his life, and you're like, God, I didn't see – how that impact could do something like that. And when you look at it from a concussion standpoint, some of these guys, get, you know, look at Josh Beard. He got hit on the side of the head. But suddenly, you know, a side of the head blow can give you a concussion too. But people are, you know, because it's CJ, because it's the most important position on the field, everybody's going to be hyper-analyzing like they stayed at a Holiday Inn Select last night and they're now a medical expert. But you just don't know what you don't know. But I'm with you. My Texans wish more than anything else is, Get that man's dome piece right because you know he's the right guy for the job for the next five, seven years plus. Yeah, you guys can text in your answer, 713-780-3776 on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN975, uh, on Twitter at Joe George Radio at Pac-Man Joel. So anything, suggestions you got, we'll take them. I'm curious, for the Houston Rockets, what your number one Christmas wish list item would be for them. Because I think there's a lot of ways there's you can lot, go. Man. You can talk about trading young players, developing young players, like maybe Jalen Green figuring out how to consistently shoot a basketball. Like I don't know if Santa can fix that problem. But like, where where do you start with the Rockets? And this is almost like New Year's resolutions at the same time. Like, what do you want to see from the Rockets this year? Like, what's your my, number one wish? My 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 twofold Christmas wish for the Rockets is one. That from a wish list under the tree, I want to see at least one shooter and watch one rim protector added to this roster. Because this roster is still good enough that if they had someone else that could be a big man to play behind Alpi, they'd be better off. If they had a shooter they could kick to, they'd be better off. And then my other wish would be that we just figure out what Jalen Green's going to be. Good, bad, or indifferent, let me know. If he's going to be a superstar, let me start seeing the signs. If he's going to be a bust, let me full-blown see the signs, yeah. but stop doing the good game, bad game, body language bad, uh, shots, like you said, ability to make shots bad, but then go for 19 and a quarter type. Because, you know, you're teasing all of us. We just need some definitive answers. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely up there for, for what the Rockets have, their issues. I mean, Jalen Green, like he's like the number one question, concern going forward for this team. Like, who are you? What are you going to turn into? Are you a trade asset? Like, like what is the answer for Jalen Green? So I'll go, I'll go a little bit different than that because I feel like it is the common answer. Honestly, I'm just I'm ready to see, like, the immediate breakout for Amen Thompson because I know he's coming off the illness. But, like, he's shown signs that his jump shot is not as broke as we thought it the was. The form is not bad. Yeah, like, it's still not the best. Like, it's right. not Steph Curry, but, like, I'm not asking him to be that guy. I would just – I would like to see the immediate breakout early in 2024 from Amen Thompson. Like, I am very pro – like, sit Jalen Green, play Amen Thompson, figure out how him and Fred Van Fleet 
play together on the court at the same time. That would be my biggest hope for this next year and, and wish Christmas item I would ask can for the you, Rockets. I don't know that you can afford to sit Jalen if, if, if we're going to both get our wishes fulfilled. I know. I need to see what Jalen Green's going to be. But I, I definitely am with you that I want to see more of Ben Thompson because I like everything that I've seen. And even if he doesn't shoot it consistently well, he scores. He does everything else well. He rebounds. He blocks shots. He handles the ball. He, he's a really good decision maker. And I think that he's a guy you definitely can build around. But I don't. I can't have that happen at the at the detriment of trying to find out what the hell Jalen Green is going to be for this team. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to see like the future of him and like and where he goes. But I want to go back to the Astros stuff here just for a second. Like when we talk about like what we're hoping for into 2024 before the season starts. Like if you had to pick one contract, is it just the security of Jose Altuve that you would wish for? You know, just making sure he's here long term. Even though like Kyle Tucker, Pete Kyle Tucker could be an incredible baseball player for at least the next like five six years. Or is it, would it mean more to just keep Altuve or Bregman even home? It's interesting to me because I was really critical of Kyle Tucker for getting off to such a slow start before he finally found it. But I do understand how valuable he is to the club and, and that he's one of the quietest superstars you're ever going to find. Yeah. But the thing that's amazing to me is we all know Bregman's fallen off and he's been a roller coaster of ups and downs. Everybody says, oh, it's, it's in your heart. It's the right thing to do to take care of Altuve. Let's not sleep on the fact that he's still playing at an extremely high level. And, yeah, he's had some injuries lately. But this dude is still one of the elite second basemen in the game from an offensive perspective. So you're locking up a guy that's a big part of your offensive outbursts that you on a night-by-night basis. I love locking up Altuve, but I think it's a no-brainer because he's not going to let Scott Boris tell him he's going anywhere else. Yeah, I think, I think I mean, that's why it's almost not at the top of my list because I still feel like it is the the inevitable. Right. Like, you, yeah, exactly. You know you're getting it. It's like socks at Christmas. You know you're getting it whether you want it or not. Is that he's the worst gift you can get on Christmas? Cologne? Because hmm. they don't know what you like, but that they buy it for you anyway? So you mean like cologne from like not your wife, like someone that doesn't right. know someone like goes what kind to like you Walgreens like. Walgreens and gets you some of the yeah, yeah, yeah. some of the cologne from there instead of okay. at, the, at the cologne counter at Macy's. Okay, worst Christmas gifts you can get: cologne that you That's don't a great like, question. socks, definitely up there for sure. I mean, I well, was, get beard some with grippers. Like, yeah, he needs like, yeah, he yeah. needs the ones that like you know like that like you wear at the hospital. Like they have right. the, they have the grips Lisa on the just bottom. Just got done with the surgery, and I honestly I almost pocketed a few pair for beard because I was like, damn, we get a couple of those. Like, for maybe I'll just maybe we'll just buy some. Like, yeah. we'll do, like, a community pool. Like, instead of buying Josh shots here at Nick's place, you know, he was still in the concussion protocol, we should be buying him socks with grippers No on the doubt bottom. about it. I don't it, even know if that's the correct term. That's what I'm going to call it. I like forward. it. It fits better. Yeah. We had socks with grippers for, for Josh is an absolute must. Um, I think back in the day, dads hated to get ties, but ties are so outdated now with business casual and everything. Yeah. It's not, it's not a bad gift. It was, like, it's funny, like, because, like, my dad was a teacher, so or is a teacher still. So like he still wears a tie pretty often, so that was my go-to for a long time, a long, long time, every single year. I knew he liked them, I knew he needed them, and it was like easy peasy done. My dad was easy because it was always a golf-related gift. It was either golf balls or one of those putting machines for the carpet in the living room, or something golf-related, and you were off the hook. And yeah, as a young kid, he didn't, you know, he just appreciated it. But it was way better than getting another tie. All right, we'll do a bunch of Christmas stuff today throughout the show. We're going to do at some point in this first hour. Uh, who is the worst person to shop for? 
on your uh, every single year, whether it's your wife, your kids, your uncle, whatever it is, who's the worst person, the hardest person to shop for? We'll do a bunch of Christmas Would You Rathers. We'll have DJ Bienemy Join us here at Nick's Place for the Christmas party at 4.30. We'll play Who Said It, our Bad Take Boulevard. we got a ton of stuff to get into today here on the Killer Bees. But the question is this. Are the Texans going to win on Sunday? We talk about that next here on the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. You know Dasher and Dancer, Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. It's still ESPN 97.5 and 92.5's Christmas Party at Nick's Place, Rocky Ridge and Westheimer. This thing is really revving up here in the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios. So let's get straight back to the bees. Joe Blank and Joe George. The crowd is active here. Andrew Carlson just called uh, Brian McDonald lazy because he played this song three hours ago. But I'll tell you this, Brian, I love this song. So thank you for playing the DMX version of, of Rudolph. I very much appreciate is it, it. Is it almost impossible these days to, like, infuse a new Christmas song that people will accept? Like Jimmy Fallon and... Uh, well, that's what? not exactly my go-to for music, Joel. No, I'm saying so. Jimmy Fallon and what's her name that did the... the uh, Megan Trainer. They did a song this year, and it was like, oh, this is going to be top of the charts. It is going to become close. The, the closest modern day is Mariah, and everything else is the old-time favorites. No one wants to hear new Christmas songs. Yeah, but like, I think we need some new Christmas. I mean, Michael Buble, like, he just, like, redoes everything. It's a banger yeah, every nothing year. Sa- you're right, though, Joe. So that means that nothing sounds like Christmas than DMX doing a Christmas song. Yeah, but I love it. It's, it's different. You don't love it? X going to give it What's, to you? Yes. Going to give it to you? Cologne and a tie for you, Daddy, going to give it to What's you? What's wrong with that? All right, so let's talk about some serious stuff. We're, uh, we're currently working on putting out the uh, Batik Boulevard matchups, the 2023 Batik Boulevard bracket. We're doing two matchups today. We're going to do that at 4 o'clock. We just tweeted them out, or the first one out from ESPN 97.5's Twitter account. We'll do the next one here when I finish it. Um, so you can vote in those on Twitter. You'll be able to text in your votes as well. Jeremy is a participant today. I am a participant today but we got to talk about the game coming up this weekend yep. obviously we know it's all but official you know cj stroud's not going to play this weekend for the houston texans nico collins is it's a good sign blake cashman and will anderson also not going to play so like yes you get nico back which i think is a huge boost for this team but you have you know between the browns and the texans you have four of the best cornerbacks highest graded pro football focused cornerbacks in the nfl right now it's gonna be a tough game I can't believe we're about to watch Case Keenum versus Joe Flacco on Christmas Eve. On a game that means something. <laughs> yeah. and, and that has a ton of meaning. And, and the thing is, is like a week ago we were talking about, well, you know, both quarterbacks could make mistakes. It's a wash. Whoever runs the ball better is probably going to have the upper hand. And lo and behold, you know, Derrick Henry was held in check after going absolutely nuts in the last five games. Uh, and the Texans were able to run the football, and, it, it, you know, even though they were playing from behind, they found a way to win. It's not going to be that easy. Now, I heard Jerome last night on the way home talking about how all of us on all of our shows were overselling the Cleveland Browns, and they're really not that good of a football team, and their defense oh. is okay. Yeah, okay. Go watch some more of the tape and figure out. The Cleveland Browns are a damn good defensive football team, and having endured the injuries that that, you know, look, the Texans have had a ton of injuries. But there's no one that's going to give any sympathy from the Browns organization. They lost their quarterback, just like the Texans, but they lost him for the year. They lost Chubb, their best running back. You know, they're losing guys all over the field, but yet they're resurrecting Joe Flacco's career. He's throwing for 300 yards. They're winning football games. And, oh, by the way, they're like 9-5. and five. 
Like, mm-hmm. you're looking at a team that you cannot overlook and you cannot expect to beat. And by the way, as we talked about, your quarterback got a win last week, but he also got real damn lucky because aside from the pick six, he almost gave away a lot more than that. Well, and you got a quarterback on the other side, though, with Joe Flacco. That, like, to be fair, like, he was pretty – he had some big moments last week. Like, they obviously the Bears – I mean, the Browns came back and beat the Bears. Like, some good throws down the field in that game. Like, he threw some pretty awful interceptions. Like, you have two quarterbacks who were, like, clearly not – I mean, obviously Case Keenum, no offense to him, was never the quarterback that Joe Flacco was in that one big run. I know Jeremy Branham would be really upset if he heard me say that, but he's not here. Um, so, like, it, it's Case Keenum is a below-average quarterback when they're in their primes – versus Joe Flacco. But, like, in this game, I feel like it's a pretty even matchup. Like, both quarterbacks are going to give you an opportunity to make a mistake and, and to, you know, to score a defensive touchdown, just like Case Kim did last week. Joe Flacco's last week were both near the red zone. So it's just like which one is going to make more mistakes, I think it's going to be who, who loses and who versus who wins this game. And that's a factor. But let me put this back on you for to, to, to further that discussion, though. A week ago we were talking about the two quarterbacks and who makes less mistakes and who puts their their offense in harm's way more could also be a factor. This week what I'll say is it's probably going to come down to the two quarterbacks again in a lot of ways. But here's the bigger factor. Their defense is top five in this league. It, it's actually one of the best, if not the best, in this league. So if you just want to kind of soft sell it and say, that's a top five defense. Are the Texans a top five defense? No. Do they have all their players? No. So to me, it's even more hyper-important that you don't turn it over and you actually put some more points on the board because their defense is better than yours. Yeah. No, it, it's true. And, and the thing is, look, like, they are a historically great defense. They're not just a good defense. It has been almost a decade, if not more, since a team has allowed less than 300 yards a game on average in a regular season. The Browns, last time I checked, it was like 261. They're giving up less than 300 yards. Once again, like I said last week, and – Kind of the Browns game kind of proved it versus the Bears. This game is probably a race to 17. Yeah, like, I'm not it, expecting any kind of a – Now I know Jeremy was bringing out the numbers of how their defense is worse on the road and they give up closer to 25 or 30 points. Not against this offense. Yeah, I, I, I kind of – I hope that's right. I, I hope that's correct that, like, if – that they will show up and be a bad defense. The NFL is so wild this year. Like, I also wouldn't be stunned – if, like, we wake up on, like, it's like, or it's like Sunday at 3 o'clock and the final score is like 35 28. Like, we're so wrong about these defenses, and all of a sudden, Joe Flacco and Case Keenum just, like, go off throughout the entire game. But, but, but it's the, that's the, not the betting favorite for that. To see, happen. that's where it comes back to the fact that I could see that against the Tennessee defense. I could see that against one of the, you know, mid range, lesser defenses in this league. Yeah, all of a sudden, Flacco and Case go off. But to me, the chances are Flacco could go off. But I don't think he's going to be able to put up 28 to 35 points because I still think their corners are good enough, and I don't think Cleveland's running game is anywhere close to where it was with Chubb to where that's okay. But when you look at it from the Texans' perspective, they struggled to beat a Tennessee defense, yeah. and now you're going to take on Miles Garrett, who's going to be there all day long. Yeah, it's interesting because I saw some people talking about, I think it might have been even been DJ, and we'll talk to him about that when he gets here at 430, but, you know, like Laramie Tunsil versus Miles Garrett. Uh, <laughs> I know not everyone does this in the NFL, but I cannot imagine being the Cleveland Browns defensive coordinator and like, oh, it's, who is, it's not Caldwell. It's the former Lions coach, though. And like going into a uh, game and be like, I'm going to have Miles Garrett go against Laramie Tunsil and not Charlie Heck or whoever's going to be out there on the right side. So like, 
Miles Garrett's going to be a massive, massive problem in this game. No doubt about it. And, and even if you try to overemphasize Miles Garrett on that side of the football field, one, he could be double teams. But two, you got to worry about the other side, too. And it's not just, you know, a Jadavion Clowney type. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that their safeties can blitz. Their secondary is locked down. They've got Delpit. They've got, you know, Ward. They've got all these different guys in their secondary, and they're so good at locking down, especially when you don't have to worry about a tank Dell, that when they're locking down, that frees up other defenders from the front seven to go get him when Garrett can't. Yeah. So, and they have capable front seven guys. So you have to pay attention to every aspect of this defense, but you have to realize it's not the, the, the leader of the defense is obviously Miles Garrett, but they have so many different talented guys that can get there that – you have everybody has to be on their A game, and that other side of the offensive line is a huge concern. Yeah, it's this game is going to be interesting. I, I don't I, right now. I still lean that I believe the Houston Texans are going to win this game against the Browns, but I don't feel like confident in that. I, yeah, like, I, it's it's not like this is not a game where if you go like a, a confidence meter of zero to a hundred, I'm not talking about an eighty or a ninety, like or anything like that. This game is twenty to thirty percent confidence. Uh, the Houston Texans are going to win. It's just that I saw enough with Case and Noah Brown last week that with Nico Collins returning what Motor, Devin Singletary did last week, I think there's just enough from the Texans' offense that they find a way to, like, squeak out a win. So I was going to ask you, is that from your head or your heart? Because, you know, in my heart of hearts, I believe they can win, and they can win a close game yeah. at home. But in my head, I'm thinking – but this is a much better football team than Tennessee, and you you really had to yeah. fight from behind and get a little lucky in order to win that football game a week ago. You're not going to have that kind of present itself in my mind again this week, even if you're at home. No, for sure. Like I, I definitely get where you're where you're coming from, but you know you know this. The Bears currently have the fifth pick in the draft, mm-hmm. and they nearly beat the Cleveland Browns last week. So I also don't feel that, like, the Joe Flacco we saw two weeks ago where he threw for 300 yards and, like, three touchdowns, I think that was more of a one-off. I think who he was last week, yes, some big plays, but some big turnovers. So I would say, like, it's probably both for me, like, head and heart. I just I don't know what Cleveland has done throughout this entire season. It's never felt sustainable. Like, we've talked about this all year. The fact that they've won nine games with four different quarterbacks, the fact that they just keep finding a way to win, it feels like that like the sports karma at some point like kicks them in the ass and just like absolutely derails the Brown season. There's just it hasn't happened yet. So that's well, why I don't I don't really know how to feel about this game. It's a total wild card. Because I hear you. Like on any that's why they say on any given Sunday, right? Anybody can beat anybody. Mm-hmm. But when you start talking about three weeks to go in the season. These two teams are right in the middle of the playoff hunt. It's like last night's game. Both teams, you could see, ramped it up because they knew that it was hyper important and that any little mistake could not only just be the cost, could cost you a game, it could cost you your season. And I think that both teams are going to understand that coming in. But then with that being said, who has a higher caliber of player across the board? And it gets back to what we've been talking about all year with depth. The starters for the Texans have been above average in a lot of cases and really good. But their backups have not. No, they have not. They and have so not been good. You've already seen major backups with Cleveland, and they've stepped up. You've seen, I don't know, the best. Ba- who would you say is the best backup that stepped up for an injury? It's not Juice Scruggs. I don't think we've seen enough of I feel it. like he also doesn't count because going into the season, right. he was your expected center. 
Uh, I know he was in week one. Dieter was one awful, and then Dieter yeah. actually found a serviceable. Yeah. But Joe I, Flacco might be the best of all the, the guys we talk about. No, you're probably right. Like, of all the backup players that have come in, probably the best best argument for the Texans because of the way the season transitioned after week one when Tankdale really emerged. Like, I would still kind of put Noah Brown in that category as a, as a backup. But wasn't he, um, he going to be the third receiver anyway? See, it's like, was he like the third or the fourth? Yeah. Even Devin Singletary. It's like, yes, he was the backup at one point right. this season, but he has basically ended Damian Pierce's Houston Texans career. Like, he's barely even getting goal line carries. Like, he is the primary running back for this team going forward. And, and it's always corny. It's always corny. And it's always cheesy, but it's true. If the Texans run the ball this weekend, well, I think they have a ten times better chance to win. Well, I, I think because of losing Chubb kind of equals the – you mean levels the playing field yeah. too. You can honestly say it's going to come down to quarterback play and the running game. is everybody. The easy answer that everybody will say is turnovers. Whoever turns the ball over more is probably going to put themselves in, in, with the best chance to, to lose the football game. But if you want to just get more down down to the brass tacks of it, we know it's getting the two quarterbacks. It's going to be who plays better. But if you can run the – whoever runs the ball better between the two teams, you're going to control the clock. You're going to have sustained drives because of it. You're not going to let the other team have, a ch- have more chances to beat you, and you're not going to turn it over as much if you're running the football. So it's it's legit to say whoever runs the, 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 uh, the ball better. All right, we all knew this was coming, but it's officially, officially true. The Houston Texans have released their injury report for this weekend. Will Anderson, Blake Cashman, and C.J. Stroud have officially been ruled out for the game on Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. Malik Collins, Nico Collins, and Denzel Perriman all listed as questionable. Everyone else on the injury report will play this weekend, including guys like Noah Brown, Larry Tunsil. So there it is officially. C.J. Stroud out this weekend. Assuming they don't throw a giant curveball at us, Case Keenum will be the starting quarterback. I know that when the media was there the other day, Davis Mills did take quarterback. Taking reps with the ones. I think D'Amico Ryans is a troll. I love D'Amico, but like I feel like he is literally just trolling the media when he does that. We'll discuss that next. We'll get to some of your Christmas questions you guys have been texting in as well. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. ESPN 97.5.com. Get in the race. Don't forget, driver and car have to be equally good to win, so do your best job. I'll do the best job of driving I can. To ESPN 97.5 and 92.5's Christmas party at Nick's place, Klein's Jewelers is totally on the way. Just saying. Now, back to the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios and your host, the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Joe George. Joe and Joel live from Nick's place for our Christmas party 2023 edition. We're hanging out here until 6 o'clock. Uh, Joel's going to I can't believe Joel's not eating some pizza yet. Or did you already crush a pizza? No, I haven't ordered it yet. Oh, okay. I thought you did yeah, that before I'm going to wait a little bit, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some. All right, so we got some, some Christmassy stuff, some questions. Uh, apparently, 5030 says Ariana Grande has a banger of a new Christmas song. I can't say I'm familiar. Me either. Is that oh, you know oh, what? that's not your wheelhouse? And I can't say I'm dis- not. I can't say I'm disappointed for not knowing it. Uh, but I asked the question earlier: Who is the easiest and hardest person to shop for? Eight seven five five just wrote a book, um, but I'm just going to say he said his wife. Six one six seven says in laws the hardest. That's a tough one. In laws are hard. Like I I don't know. 
I know my in-laws very well, I feel like, but Christmas know them well. If my wife's not helping me, I would have no idea, to be honest with you. I would have zero clue. I got to give my in-laws credit. Thanks to my, I think my wife had something to do with it, but they, they have always been good about just, like, gift cards. Okay, I think gift cards is a great Christmas present. I mean, like, like once, I, once I got past the need for, like, video games and toys, I'm all about gift cards. Like, I think even when, as you, you'll find out with Joseph, starts going to more when he gets older. When the kids go to birthday parties, I don't want to try and find whatever their latest fad is from Bluey to Peppa Pig to yep. whatever. I just say, hey, kid, here's a gift card. Go to your favorite Target or toy store. Pick out whatever the hell you want with mom and dad and have, uh-huh. them have at it. Yeah, it's just it's so much easier than doing it. Like it, For me, it's like my parents are like, what do you want for Christmas? And I was like, Starbucks gift cards? Like, what else okay. do I need? All right, let's, let's, since we're just like, having fun today like, anyway. What, what else do I need? What was the – do you remember? Because my mom was what used to be the worst gift giver on the planet, though her heart was in the right spot. Like, all the way up to my adult years, yeah. my mom could get you some bangers, and then she could get you some clunkers. Mm. And I remember some true clunkers. Like, the other thing was, was like, you know, because we never had money growing up. So it's like, when we were growing up, the AFX racetrack was a big thing. Okay. I got the FXA. I got the I got the you reverse got the, one. Got I got the, the one that you could buy at like Walmart's closeout section, where the car didn't stay on the track and <laughs> yeah. the electric didn't work. And I'd be like, or my mom would get me a drum set, but it would have like paper drum skins. Okay, and I would bust through them in the first hour, the Christmas morning. And I'm sure they were happy about it, but I'm like, well, th- there goes my Christmas present. I will say, I think the worst Christmas present I ever got from my parents' perspective was when they decided to buy me a drum set. Because I spent zero time, any effort, trying to actually learn it. I just smashed on it. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. I just, like, I just hit it a billion times. Like, it's all you know how to do as a kid. But, like, they, I think they thought I was actually going to get, like, lessons. Oh, yeah. No. No, let me no. tell you something. So, I, I, multiple teachers early in life, I was constantly taking two pencils, and I was drumming on my desk. Okay. So, that's when they suggested the drum set. So then I busted through the drum set. So then my mom said, no, we're going to get him lessons with our, one, in grade school with a real drum. Cool, right? Until you find out that in order to take the drum lessons, you got to take the xylophone lessons too, to which I'm out. Yeah. I don't want to play the little musical noted xylophone. I want to bang on the drums and the cymbals and stuff. And if I don't get to do just that, I don't, I'm not taking lessons. Uh, what is the so? Do you have any other things that stand out to you for the question you're asking? Like, oh, I got the worst guess? ever. When I was when I was just out of college and working for the Trailblazers, my mom sends me a care package for Christmas, and I pull out what looks like a sweater until I find out there's no sweater. It's just the turtleneck. She sent me a dicky. A what? A dicky. It's called. What is that? It is the turtleneck. And, like, fabric, so you tuck it under, like, your sweatshirt. Okay. And it looks like you're wearing a turtleneck underneath, only you're just wearing something that warms your neck. And I'm like, I don't know when you and Dad and your friends had something like this that was in. Okay. I will never in anybody's lifetime put this thing anywhere near on. Interesting. I yep. Dicky. Uh, my worst one is actually the one that I think you're going to appreciate. Okay. Uh, I went through a phase in my life where I decided to uh, spite my father. And I pretended for, like, a good year that I hated everything he loved. 
and I pretended that I was a Packers fan oh, wow. for about a year. And then I finally got out of it. But my grandma didn't get the notice Uh-oh. that I was kidding for the whole time. So one like year on Christmas, I woke up with all this Packers stuff, and I was just like, I don't want any of it. Like, cause she didn't realize I was just like, was it a, good stuff? Because you don't want to give it up if it's good it was stuff. Like, it was like these, like it was like these cool like pillows and like like there was a jersey I think there, the as jammies? well. No, yeah, I think so. Yeah, right, okay. And I was just like, oh, I was kidding. I was like, I don't really like the Packers, but I felt so bad because it was my grandma. Like she just didn't understand. So I just like took it and just like hung out in my room for you like take it back. Well, I was young, young. So like, I just I mean, like, mom and dad could do the solid. Say, we got the receipt or something. We could turn yeah. that back in. Uh, this guy, a four three seven. My grandma was always the worst at getting gifts. She was always behind by about ten years. My grandma was the savior. My mom would just do clunker after clunker, and then my grandma would either give cash or yeah. go, "What did you really want?" And then go find a way to go get that. And I'd be like, oh. uh, "This one's six one six seven. The best Tinker Toys or Lincoln Logs? Okay, Lincoln Logs are legit." That really? is a great gift. You never, you didn't like Lincoln Logs? I hated them. I hated oh. both. Tinker, what? Tinker Toys and Lincoln Logs were just, what? Are you going to tell they me you didn't terrible. like? terrible. Are you going to tell me you didn't like Legos? Oh, Legos are a different story now. Now, Legos are a lot of fun, but the Tinker Toys and the, the what would you call the other one? Lincoln Logs? Lincoln Logs. No. Really? No. I thought Lincoln Logs was just like a common thing that like everyone loved. I didn't know there was a, a, a stance to be had against Lincoln Logs. Um, all right, so we know the Rockets are back in action tonight versus the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. It seems like no one's going to play. Which is for BS, the Mavs. by the way. If you're if you're a kid that wanted to see Luka tonight and your dad went and got you tickets, especially for Christmas, and now you find out he's not playing day of game and he played last game and really didn't get hurt, I think it's BS. Straight up, I think uh, advice to all parents out there, I think investing money to buy – NBA tickets around Christmas as a Christmas gift. Just regular season tickets at a, all, maybe. Is a terrible idea because it feels like you always kind of get the short end of the stick. Like, it always feels like this is one of those moments where, like, whether he's hurt or he's not, like, you always just kind of get left out. But this is where, like, I, I – this is where I struggle with the NBA, like, outside of, like, watching the Rockets is because they just tell you all the time they don't care. Like, the they NBA don't care has to about do, like, an season. exchange program where if you give up – like substantial rent money or money for the month to make your kids happy because they want to go see a player on the other team. If he's not playing, you need to be able to get an exchange refund worked out of some sort because that sucks. I think it's like a great I think that's a great idea because I, it was one of my favorite things the Houston Texans did with Deshaun Watson. Now they were they were nicer to Deshaun than I would have been. But once he was finally traded, they did a jersey exchange. That's right. Whereas, like, you could go to NRG and swap it out for, like, the same quality jersey, whatever you had. And there was a list of, like, five to ten players. And, like, I don't even know if Deshaun's name was ever listed, but it was his jersey number on all the social media posts. And, like, it was very clearly intent. I think that's a great idea. Like, yeah, especially I, with the NBA, where, like, you just you never know what you're going to get. You're expecting to see LeBron. And I'd be fine even if there was, like, a real injury. They didn't do that. But on rest nights, yeah, I think on real injuries, that's just part of the game, and and it's it's legit. But when you start talking about the load management issues of the past, and you talking about like when LeBron was the number one most you know uh, box office on the road, yeah, and then he would do a load management game on the road, and you'd hear about the kid whose dad went all out, worked extra two jobs to get the tickets. You got to do something for those people, otherwise, no matter if it's it's Le- it's if it's on LeBron or the Lakers or not, the NBA takes the hit. 
but you take the hit in the pocketbook, and that's wrong. Yeah, it's just it's it's funny looking at the line tonight for like the game. The ESPN matchup predictor. I know the Connor and Beard love that thing. It has the Rockets as a seventy-five percent chance to win. It has the the betting line is Rockets by eight and a half. Is Kyrie playing? Um, this one I don't see because there was like a laundry list this morning of Mavericks that weren't going to play. Yeah, I don't know about Kyrie. AC tonight. says Andrew says that uh, Kyrie's not playing either. No, no Kyrie, no Luke. Yeah, it's just like it's it stinks. Um, uh, lastly, here one more Rockets thing, just real quick. Do you miss them being on Christmas? So I've lived it too close too, right? Because that kind of that's like I've been on the road for holidays because of it. Yeah, it's the worst. I haven't been on the it's, road, but I've been at, been forced to be at the station. Now, credit to the NBA. When they sent you on the road, yeah. they tried to get you, like, a real nice gift for everybody in the traveling party. It doesn't make up for the fact that you're not home for Christmas. No. But I don't miss it at all. I want the best match- matchups possible on Christmas Day because your relatives are annoying as hell to listen to for that amount of time. But in order to do that, you have to admit the fact the Rockets aren't there yet. You would like to see the best matchups with the best players, and they all got to play. Yeah, and also the biggest problem now, the reason why like I also don't miss the idea of Christmas Day basketball, and it'll probably it'll be different next year because Christmas is on a Wednesday. But like this year, there's three NFL games, right? Like besides like Bucks Knicks tips off at eleven. The first NFL game's at twelve. Like, and then the last the last NBA game is at nine thirty. So like, yeah, I guess you could watch the back end of that game, but. The last well, two years, the NFL has just kind of taken over. NFL's basically sending a message to honestly that whatever I, you do because the NBA used to own Christmas Day. It's when the it's when the season started, and now I feel like they've lost that because of the NFL. leagues used to go. Oh, that's your day. We'll stay away from it. Now, if the NFL starts playing hardball, look out, NBA, because your little in season tournament that got people's interest sparked for a brief time, you're going to lose it all on Christmas Day. Yeah, it's like I, I have zero interest in like, and there's some fun games like you got Warriors Nuggets. Celtics, Lakers, like there's some fun stuff on Christmas Day, but like it's all NFL for me, especially now because it's not just the NFL. You're, it's fantasy football playoffs, but it's good though, Joe, like, that you have options. It, yeah, like because what was it? Uh, a couple weeks Thanksgiving Day, the, the game sucked, right? Thanksgiving Day, you didn't have the option of flipping over and finding some NBA games because the NBA did the NFL a solid and said yeah. Thanksgiving's your day. We're not playing. But if you've got five NBA games and three NFL games, thank God for that because now even if all the holiday things suck in your house, you got options. All right, he's Joe Blank. I'm Joe George. This is the Killer Bees. We are live from Nick's Place. We're here till 6 o'clock. DJ Bienemy from ESPN.com will join us at 4.30. It is the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, home of old Greg. I know what you're thinking. Here comes old Greg. He's a scaly manfish. It's still ESPN 97.5 and 92.5's Christmas Party at Nick's Place, Rocky Ridge, and Westheimer. This thing is really revving up here in the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios. Game over, man. Game over. So let's get straight back to the B's, Joe Blank and Joe George. Killer Bees here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Joe George and Joel Blank here with you till 6 o'clock. Um, so, you know, Blank, you put this thing on here on the rundown today. And, uh, well, if the next couple of games do not go well for uh, Steve and Silas and the Pistons, Ooh, baby, the Houston Rockets could have the opportunity to give the Detroit Pistons their 30th straight loss. 
in just about a week and a half. They have lost 25 straight games. I I don't really understand how that's possible, to be honest. Like, the I don't fact either. that they've had they have talent. Like they've had high draft picks, but to be this bad, it's just really really bizarre. And like I my my question now is like, is Steven Silas going to get another head coaching job? So as an interim, the thing is too, Joe. Right? You you don't ever really want to say it's the NBA. The coaches don't play. Talent rises to the top. You can't really blame one coach. But it, I say that before I give you this information because if you didn't know, and Greg Rajon from the Chronicle, thank you as well. Steven Silas has now been a part of three 20-game losing streaks in the NBA. One with Charlotte, one with the Rockets, now one with the Pistons. He's an assistant coach. The Pistons, as you mentioned, have lost 25 in a row. They're within a loss of tying the record. There's been just fathom this for one second. Just, there have been seven 20 game losing streaks in the history of the NBA. Steven Silas has been a part of three of them. I know that people say there's something in the water. There could be something in the coaching staff. I mean, he is the offensive coordinator, effectively, of the Charlotte Hornets uh, when that happened. Of obviously, he's the head coach here with the Rockets, and the same thing with the Pistons. Like. It definitely screams like a Steven Silas problem. And, and it's so funny because he's one of those guys, like I see Lamont and some of the other people say this, and I, and I agree. I kind of hate the people, not hate them, but like I hate having to be like, he's a good guy, but. Because but. anything that comes after but is what you truly feel. You don't really need to quantify that he's a good guy. But I met him once, and I liked him. I met him at the Gloria, like in the heart of the pandemic. It's when I was working at Lids, and he was, he was walking around. He talked to me for like five, ten minutes. Real nice guy. Bad basketball coach. Did you hide under his overbite? No, uh, no I think he still had a mask on, so I might have missed oh, that. Oh, right. See, because the thing is, is anything after the butt means you're, you're ass as a coach. Because butt and ass are the same thing, Donna. I'll explain it for you. I, I'm just telling you right now, he could be a great guy. And that is the prerequisite that everybody says when you say Steven Silas. Well, you could be a great guy and a bad basketball coach. Because the other thing is, he got credit for being Luka's offensive coordinator when Luka was a rookie. Okay? But... I don't watch Pistons games every night. I'm not Brendan Riley. But I can assure you this. I guarantee you they're not running any offense of any substance. And it probably looks like a whole lot of iso ball, yeah. just like it looked like in Houston. And that is not NBA offense that's effective unless you have an unbelievable superstar player like Luka. Yeah, it's one of those things where I'm very curious to see like where they go. I, I kind of hope the Rockets have that opportunity to give the Pistons their 30th straight loss this season. I, I can't imagine being that team but it's almost also one of those things now where it kind of just like makes you feel a little bit better about where the I rockets got a question are for you on that yeah i got a question for you on that so say that so, so the two teams are going to match up right okay. because of how it ended because of how it went but because of all the freedom that the young guys had how many guys are going over there and giving him hugs and, and dapping him up and being Ooh. his boy because i think that some guys when you listen to alpi and the way alpi succeeded under udoka I feel like Alpi's like, what was I doing and what, why weren't they using me? And remember now, he was, he was the guy that always got benched and blamed for everything that went wrong because Silas didn't want to discipline anybody else. But if you're Jalen, because Jalen's struggling so much, i got to believe he misses Silas. I would say, I would, I would probably guess still like a majority of them will. Like it didn't, but he's a nice guy, Joe, so the, maybe that's it. Because the thing is with Silas is it never felt like he lost the locker room. Like in terms of like lost it of where it was just complete chaos. I think he just didn't know how to run the locker room. So I don't think he ever really had full control. So if you don't ever have full control, you can't really lose it either. 
Like, See, you're just kind of – you just never have it. I think one of the things, Joe, you're right, is – but it goes to, like, NFL guys, like Wade Phillips and classic really, really outstanding coordinators – that just don't ever become really good head coaches because there's a different mentality, like you said, to kind of create a culture and, and, and like a hierarchy and a leadership. But I think the same could be said in the NBA. Maybe, unfortunately, in this situation, it's, it's a bad look for this theory. But Steven Silas could be a really good assistant coach. I mean, he was, he's been an assistant coach in this league for like 18, 20 years. But to be a head coach takes a, a little different mentality mm-hmm. that a lot of guys just don't have or don't want to have. I know head coaches in this league that you know, in my tenure in the league, they wanted to have their confrontations through the media. They wanted to deliver messages. Jeff Van Gundy was big about delivering messages through the beat writers. He didn't want to do that one-on-one thing. McHale wanted everybody in his office. He wanted to go one-on-one. Um, Dan Tony used to leave the coach's door open on the road that led to the locker room so he could scream at his assistants and call guys out for what they were doing wrong. Hopefully they were listening in the locker room. That's the that's not going to get it done. Yeah, so the, uh, one, one thing with the Rockets, I'm, I'm curious your take on. So November 29th, they lose 134-124 to the Denver Nuggets. Until this recent Milwaukee game, they had not given up more than 110 points in any single game. But their last three losses, 134-127, 135-130, 128-119, and the only team that like I think is really good that they lost to is Milwaukee. So when you see a team like the Rockets, who are young and learning and have played really great defense most of the season, have this three-game stretch where it's just absolutely awful, like, what is your feeling on, like, what the problem is? There? It comes down to me to the lack of enough size on the roster when you face bigger teams. Take the Milwaukee game out of the equation. They're an unbelievably talented offensive team. Anybody that's got Dame and got uh, Giannis has a ton of talent, and they've got more than that. But when you talk about Lopez and, and you talk about Bobby Portis, a guy you know from even from the Chicago days, and a lot of the bigs that Milwaukee can bring at you, Alpi on his own with an undersized Jabari Smith is not going to slow down that train. And we look at Cleveland, and, and you've got the big man in the middle, and, you, and you've got bigger guys on the wings. You've got issues that the Rockets can't overcome sometimes simply because they just don't have enough manpower size-wise that have strength and, and the ability to guard guys down low as opposed to just being long and being able to contend on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. And I think that the road games matter too. Because it's a, it's a different environment. It's a different field. It's their gym. It's, it's their crowd. But I think more than anything else to me, it is the fact that from a rebounding, shot blocking, and low post defensive perspective, they don't have anything when they don't have Alpi and Jabari in the game. And those teams can bring a lot at you. Yeah, it, it is a problem. And that's where it's like tonight's kind of a, it should be a positive. Now, I say should be because, you know, it is the NBA. Like many wild things can happen, but no Kyrie, no Luka. Tonight's one of those games where it's a, it's a get Can right. Can I tell you game. this? More than any other th- gambling games I've ever seen, bet on, and watched, and even when I was working in the league to watch the scoreboard, the one sport that I would never say bet against the team that's missing all the players is the NBA because almost inevitably every single time the NBA has a team that looks like they're completely outmanned and under-talented, yeah. ends up hanging in the game. Yeah, they find a way. And that's kind of the benefit that the NBA, I think, is sometimes they get away with sitting these superstars like we were talking about. Like, it's just be- There is so much talent on these rosters. 
There's so many guys who were the best players in their high school and the best players in their conference in college. But when they get to the NBA, they just they don't play. So when they get their one or two opportunities, they kind of go off. The other thing, like too, micro Jeremy Lin's moments. But the other thing, to get back to your point, too, as to why these things have happened for the Rockets, too, in terms of giving up all the points, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. The fact that they went away from their offense that has worked where they were running the ball through Alpi, they were letting Van Vliet run the ball and get to the right guys. They made a conscious effort to try and j- get Jalen Green right by giving him the ball the last several games and have more touches, more opportunities. And all he did was create for himself and go back to the Rockets offense of a year ago where he wasn't passing. He, he did not shoot it well, as you mentioned. And he wasn't effective at getting to the cup and finishing. Mm-hmm. And now the other team gets a rebound and they go because it's either a long rebound, a bad rebound, or you know a fast break because he misses at the cup and everybody's down low. That creates opportunities for easy baskets for the other team, and now you're playing from behind, and I think you saw that a lot by changing the offense to try to appease Jalen Green. Uh, Very quickly here before we go to break, uh, there was a question that when you were out, I think it was last week, that Jeremy and I were discussing. He proposed this question. Now, we we know where they are currently in the standings. They're in the playoffs. I think it still technically might be the play-in game right now, but are you officially on playoff watch? For the Houston Rockets. Because my answer was yes, based on the fact that besides the Warriors, who are currently not one of the top ten teams in the league, I don't think the Jazz, Grizzlies, Trailblazers, or Spurs are really going to figure it out this season. I think this, the Grizzlies' hole is too deep to get out of. I don't dig think out so. of. I think they're the one team that could. Because if you watched them play the last couple of nights. I know, but they're 8 when you put When you put Bain and Ja, and then you got a young team where you go, guys, we let our foot off the gas and lost jaw, and we really dug a hole. Let's go get them every game. Because you know most games, they're during the middle of the season. NBA uh-huh. teams are taking nights off even though they show up in uniform. I think if they're motivated, Memphis is the one team that could actually wreak some havoc to get back into it. The rest, you're absolutely right. I think that at best, the Rockets are a play-in team. And I think that would be an unbelievable achievement. Absolutely. But I think it's almost out of the realm of possibilities. That the Rockets are. Yeah, I think, really? they'll, I think they'll, they might sniff it. Hmm. But I, I think that as long as they keep trying to appease Jalen, they're not going to win basketball games. I, I, think, I think they're going to find a way to get it. And I think, but to your point, if they don't, they're going to they're figure it out. But the it's Rockets' still, schedule is still so weird. They, they've played, like, the least amount of games of anyone in the NBA this year. They've played so few games. Like, just look at the Pelicans who they play on Saturday, I think it is. Uh, yeah, I think they play them tomorrow. The Pelicans are 17 and 12. The Rockets are 13 and 12. The Rockets are like barely playing basketball. See, it's bizarre. The thing to me is when you start talking about that kind of stuff, right? And you talk talk about what they're doing and can't do. The schedule's quirky, but the thing is is that coming from where they came from a year ago and because of Steven Silas, if they go plus 10, plus 12 from a year ago, in terms of their overall success for the season, it's a massive win. Not many teams in the league can turn over a season from year to year and go a plus 12 in the win column. 100%. If they don't make the playoffs or the play-in, but they go plus 12 or 14 in terms of their win totals, that's a massive win for this team. Yeah, it really, it definitely is. All right, that's our one. Our Bad Take Boulevard 2023 bracket continues next here on the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. ESPN 97.5.com. Iocane powder. Marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. 